What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, Alex Pinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, Dean Montalbano. Fellas, how are we feeling? A happy Saturday morning. Dino still getting his morning coffee in. Fellas, we are back with the Fix the Franchise series. We got the Chicago Bears today, a very, very interesting rebuild team. Yeah, this is by far the most interesting team, I think, for this offseason. They have there's so many different ways they can go, and obviously it all starts with that decision at quarterback and at the top of the draft. You know, are you okay? <laughs> you still yeah, getting no, in? great. I mean, there's no more to add to that besides Fair. getting into the fucking nitty-gritty. Let's do it. All right, so the Bears had some hype coming into this upcoming to this previous season. Um, they had some strong play from Justin Fields down the stretch in 2022. Um, they were in year two of the Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles era. They made some big moves, obviously trading the number one overall pick for a King's Ransom of picks and DJ Moore to the Carolina Panthers. This team started one and four this year with Justin Fields. He went down. He had a dislocated right thumb injury, missed the next four games. This team really struggled offensively without him. Uh, so when he came back, they ended the season four and three behind a balanced offense. Their new look defense after trading um, their upcoming 2024 second round pick for Montez Sweat, who they signed to a long term deal. They head into this offseason holding the number one pick from Carolina. With the big question has been and will be, what do they do with Justin Fields and what do they do with this number one pick? Did he play well enough to keep his job or do you reset the quarterback contract and acquire more picks? Ray, with all this news now surrounding Caleb Williams saying that he doesn't want to play in Chicago, he wants assurances that they're not going to pick him. What do you make of this whole situation um, with Justin Fields and, and what would you do? I mean, me personally, I have, um, I think Drake Bay is a better prospect at- Anyway, so I think, I mean, first of all, I don't know if I believe this Caleb Williams, all these rumors, I feel like they've been going on for a while where there's got to be some fire to the smoke. But that said, I don't really think Chicago is even considering that, like his comments there, it doesn't really matter. What he says has no effect on what they do, in my opinion. But what's really interesting for me is just the players are starting to get behind fields too, where it's a similar situation in like Las Vegas where all the players are behind Antonio Pierce, where if they don't make that decision, What's that going to do to the locker room? I feel, feel like that's where it really comes down to. But that being said, we've talked about it over and over again. With if the, with this regime, if they take a quarterback, they get a little bit of uh, expanded lifespan. So, I mean, who knows? I, I What do you guys think? Where do you think they're leaning? You know, you go ahead. Again, I think Rory kind of touched everything there. Uh, the, the only part that I didn't think uh, – the only thing you didn't touch was me, but that's because we're over Zoom. Um, but other than that, I, I do really guess would like to harp on what he says with the, that elongated, uh, you know, lifespan for that front office by drafting a quarterback. We, we've said it a bunch of times, people get canned in this league way quicker than they ever have before. So going out and getting a Drake may like talent or a Caleb Williams like talent, you could lag in in you know you could not do well for two years and 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 have the excuse that they're still kind of coming along um and they're still you know top level top le- top level talent and could could be you know cream of the crop and could turn it around at you know drop of a hat so uh for those reasons i i think that ultimately they will lean towards getting that quarterback at 101 i I know Ray touched on the 
you know, the fact that it, it might be detrimental to the locker room. I think that's, I don't think front offices really give a fuck about that. Um, I, I mean, more so in the Antonio Pierce case, like they're, I think they're probably going to go with that guy because I feel like a coach in the locker room, that's kind of a bigger deal for this. They're just going to think about, you know, the make of this team and what makes most sense for them. And a lot of times they could act selfishly in, in that sense. And for that reason, I just don't see them not taking a generational quarterback at, you know, a generational talent at quarterback. It's that's just too hard to come by. And I, I've been very impressed with field. So I wouldn't, uh, I would trade back and get, you know, all the assets in the world. We already know that they're going to be able to get an absolute King's ransom, but I, I, don't, I don't make the decision. One aspect I, I was thinking about the other day and it kind of just slipped my mind when I was talking before do you think the Carolina Panthers panning Frank Reich in 11 games when they just drafted that of quarterback first overall kind of, I guess, nullifies that whole argument that you get an expanded lifespan with a rookie quarterback and seeing as though they're going to what year three, I guess, of this regime is it at least three, right? Like, do they, do they have a pressure to win now? And does a veteran quarterback give them a better chance to win immediately to save their jobs? I think that's another, that's like the other, the other side of the coin rather like to think about. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. That was surprising, but I think it was that bad. Yeah, I don't think that's even if we move forward in the next 10 years and say new quarterback, new coach, um I still don't think that's the norm that you get canned, especially in the middle of this the year one. Um I do think it does give you an expanded uh, like lifespan for a coach and a and a GM. However, in this situation, I'm fascinated by what the, what they're gonna do. I do think the smart play for them, just the way that they ended the season, I feel like they have a little bit of momentum. I feel like the smart play for them is to kind of build around fields, um, because I do think they want to make the playoffs, and I do think they were honestly maybe close closer than people think even this year to to making the playoffs. So um, I think with them being at the top of the draft, maybe in other years you might say we're going to go get this quarterback. But I think when you have generational talents outside of the quarterback position, specifically Marvin Harrison, which your team really needs everywhere, this draft, I think that they can say this is a player that we can lean on. We're not taking a swing on on somebody else at, at five. Maybe we can move down just a couple spots and still get, the best player in the draft, or if you go offensive line, you'll still get a generational talent, whether it be Alt or Olu or one of those guys. So it's going to be fascinating. I do think the the team has really rallied around fields. And I think especially in these last seven weeks that he came back, I think he played well enough to to keep this job. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, I, they have they, metaphorically, they have the draft picks to still get that generational talent and additionally get the quarterback of their choosing. It it, it doesn't need to be fields is automatically gone. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but that needs to also be a factor in, in, you know, in this front office's head. And, and I just don't see them. This is a totally, totally different draft class, not just in general, but obviously quarterback draft class than last year's. I mean, these are different 
dudes than a Bryce Young. And Bryce Young, we liked a lot. And C.J. Stroud panned out to be amazing. Anthony Richardson already looks good. Uh, but, you know, before he got hurt. But these guys are different breed. We we could, you know, we could all agree with that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if you were alluding to drafting a quarterback and keeping fields. Yeah, I don't know what you just said with that. I don't I was think say that too. You, you can't do that. Um, just for the psyche of the quarterback that you brought in possibly and the quarterback that you already have on the roster. It just, that just will never pan out. Well, Um, I think if you make a plan, you have to stick to that plan. If it's we're moving on, we're moving on and we need to go acquire picks. There's no shot of that. I don't think there's any shot that they would hold on to Justin Fields and take a quarterback with the number one pick. It's just, that's not good process. Like, um, if you make it, yeah, like I said, if you make a plan, like you got to stick to the plan. Like if we can go get assets for Justin Fields right now, and that's what we decided, we have to go do that. And we have to attack the next season that way. Or if it's, we're going to stick to Justin Fields, how do we best surround him with pieces? And how do we use our our free agent capital and our draft assets to, to make him a better player? Um, so I don't think there's any shot of that, but... Again, they do have a lot of options to weigh over. This is very similar to the. They just obviously, technically do have that option. I just wanted to put it out. Yeah, I mean, I think this is very reminiscent of the Jets uh, just a, a few years ago with us talking about are they going to rebuild around Sam Darnold? They have two first round picks, or do you go take the quarterback? And they ended up moving off from Sam Darnold, taking Zach Wilson. We all know how that played out. Um, yeah, obviously, wish they, they brought Sam. back Sam. Who knows? It maybe I've plays out. It maybe plays out the exact same way. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's why these GMs and these coaches and these front office people get paid a lot of money because um, they have to make decisions that we don't. Let's go through last year's draft. We'll talk about some some pieces that they have to rebuild around because, obviously, we're going to talk about this Justin Fields situation for basically the entire pod. Um, so last year they trade out of the number one pick. Um, they end up at nine, and then they make the dumbest trade ever, um, not taking Jalen Carter. And how many times did I say it? Please don't let the Eagles just get Jalen Carter. Please don't let the Eagles just jet, get Jalen Carter. And they uh, they just get Jalen Carter. But they trade back to 10. They take Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee, who Ray really liked. Dean also really liked him coming out. Um, started the season kind of rough, but he ended strong, not allowing a sack in the last three games. They took Gervon Dexter, interior defensive lineman from Florida in the second round. Um, just a terrible season against the run for him. His, his PFF grades are, are pretty poor. Um, against the run, but uh, against the pass, had a 12% pass rush win rate from the interior, which isn't too bad for a rookie. Um, Tyreek Stevenson also got selected in the second round. A guy I really liked, corner from Miami, led the league um, in passing touchdowns allowed, but also was third in the league in pass breakups and was top five in interceptions with four, so a lot to like there. Um, Zach Pickens got taken in the third round interior defensive line from South Carolina had limited snaps Roshan Johnson a running back that we all really like from Texas played Bijan's backup they took in the fourth round had 81 carries 352 yards two touchdowns also Tyler Scott wide receiver from Cincinnati got taken in the fourth round um, had limited catches this year but speedster he'll be on the field for them next year. Noah Sewell, uh, a linebacker from Oregon, didn't play much behind TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds this season, taken in the fifth round. And then Terrell Smith, a cornerback from Minnesota, um, actually played pretty well in limited snaps this year. Um, they have a bunch of young secondary players that, that they rotate in and out. 
So he might be a guy who gets on the field a little bit more. Let's talk about some some, some foundational guys um, outside of the rookies last year. Ray, who are some guys that, that you're looking at? I think you got to start with the, uh, the defensive side of the ball. They've made a lot of additions this last year. Uh, signing Tremaine Edmonds uh, and then trading for Montez Sweat, I really liked. They were able to lock him up, too, at the deadline. So they had a lot of draft capital to play with, and they brought in an edge that they desperately needed because that defensive line talent was pretty barren. I know we said they invested a couple of day two picks in the defensive tackles, but they need some edge help bad. So I think Montez Sweat being the go-to guy on that defensive side of the ball uh, as a pass rusher really helps put them in a step in the right direction. And then um, offensively, I mean, DJ Moore is one of my favorite wire series in the league. I think that trade, getting him involved in that trade out to, from number one, really good fucking GMing on that part. You know who you got? Yeah, no, I liked all those. I, I love this linebacker crew. They were probably the, the most important part of why this team and this defense was basically top three, top two uh, against the run this year. They're just everywhere. Jack Sanborn is is a guy that's just going to get a million tackles. Obviously, you got Tremaine Edmonds, who, who played solid. I, I think that contract was a nightmare, but he played he played well enough this year. Uh, and obviously, you got you got T.J. Edwards, who's just who's just an animal. Uh, T.J. Edwards, beast. He's a beast. He's, he's a good player. So I, I love seeing that, and I, getting a Montez Sweat was big for them. Yannick Ngakwe did not play well, but. Uh, I really like that linebacker crew they were able to assemble. I, I don't know if Ray obviously talked about Jalen Johnson, but he was stellar this year. And Cole Komet finally getting uh finally getting some life, having some big games in in the past, which we know he was capable of for 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 several years now. He's been a he's been a guy who's been tagged as a potential breakout for fantasy for a while, except for this year. I feel like there was no buzz and then he obviously played well. And that's how, uh, that's how these things go. So it's nice moving forward to have a security blanket. Maybe it was thanks to DJ Moore, uh, who Ray has been huge on for a long time. Now I love seeing him absolutely explode this year. Just being able to stretch the defense gave gave some room down under for Cole Komet, and uh, he was a very great security blanket for Fields when he came back these last seven weeks. So moving forward, like him, I, I like their bookends. They obviously got to work the interior of this D line of this interior o line, but uh, Darnell Wright, I I think moving forward, will will just continue to get better. He, yeah, I I do think they have some pieces on this offensive line. Obviously, we mentioned Darnell Wright, Braxton Jones, who they took a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, has been a decent left tackle for them. He's been and a Tevin, little hurt, but yeah, Tevin Jenkins, who was also they drafted as a tackle, has played really well since they flipped him into the interior. Um, this team was top eight in sacks allowed this year, but I do think they have three. Um, stable guys that you can rely on and just need to improve that that center position, that other guard position moving forward. Um, And one other guy that I also had listed, Jaquan Brisker, shout out State. State. Um, He's a really good player on the back end, more down in the box. Um, Like Dean said, they were really good stopping the run. He's a big reason why. Um, So he's just another guy. Let's move on to some team needs. I think this team can kind of go in a lot of different areas. Um, what What are some areas that you guys are attacking through free agency through the draft i'm i'm personally just attacking the trenches you can of course add a add another wide receiver or two for sure 
But other than that, I, I feel like this team definitely in the beginning of the year was evident. They were getting bullied in the trenches. Yeah, they came on a little bit. They were able to have Montez sweat now. Darnell Wright came into his own. Um, Braxton Jones was hurt early in the – I think he missed like six weeks out of the first nine weeks, something like that. And he's been back and healthy and he's been better. But they, they just need depth and they need uh, – interior O-line and interior D-line definitely needs to be where they where they focus up on, on during this offseason. Agreed. Right. what else you got? Yeah, I agree with Dean on that. I think, um, especially on the defensive line, I think that's where this defense wants to make its money. So I think they could use some more talent there. Uh, I I do think bringing in a wide receiver too for whoever is quarterbacking this team is pretty much mandatory. I think DJ Moore is really, really good, but a bigger body to kind of compliment him and just give give, uh, whoever the quarterback is three go-to targets with him and uh, Komet would be really, really big for this team. And then also... Go ahead. I think uh, potentially safety too. Eddie Jackson's getting a little up there in age, so maybe that's like a day two, day three pick you can kind of invest in the groom. Yeah, I also had the same thing written down for for Eddie Jackson as well, and I agree um, with the wide receivers. Obviously, definitely mandatory. I think they only have three guys on the on the active roster signed right now: um, DJ Moore, Village Jones, and Tyler Scott. So definitely need to bring somebody in. That Village Jones pick is fucking miserable. Um, there were so many good wide receivers that they could have taken, and they took a they took a punt returner. He was a second round pick, right? I believe so. That's just awful. Just just awful. Um, let's, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's 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 talk about some. It just baffles me sometimes with some of these players that these teams pick. I mean, not not trying to say that we hit on every single guy that we like or don't like. But I feel like we hit more. Watch the tape. I feel like we hit more than, than most front. Well, I like, don't, don't they have like armies of people? They have armies, armies, scouts, armies, armies, legit militias of fucking scouts. And then they pick Bayless Jones. Yeah. Or they pick like Jalen Rager. Yeah. I, you it's, know, it's it's so bad, too, because, I mean, we watch a lot of tape. And we're watching with fucking YouTube. I'm giving. I'm shouting yes. out. To, I'm shouting out to all 22, offering them tens of thousands of dollars to give me some fucking access, and they won't <laughs> give it to me. And these GMs have all the fucking access in the world, all the information in the world, and they make stupid ass picks like that. I think what it comes down to is they. I think organizations see they love tools. And they have like a little bit of hubris in their own ability to like mold players. It's fucking where it's stupid. like, but like nice, if you're, right. I feel like hubris. Like that. thanks. I think like a day two pick or a like top two rounds. You can't be taking someone with just speed, speed, speed. You know, what I mean, you got to be a little bit more like uh, that. Careful. Like Village Jones, technical, technical screams day three. Just yeah. screams day three. It's not like, like he was even like that amazing in college. Uh, we'll get off this. Um, let's talk about their free agent. Um, Cap space and who they got to re-sign. So they have sixty-two million in projected cap space, seventh most in the NFL. They have fifty players signed through next year. I, this is going to go up because they have a couple of cap casualties who I think they can get out of. Um, the notable free agents for them: Jalen Johnson, obviously being the big one. He had a really good second half. Oh, they'll sign um, him for sure. And I mean, they were letting him explore trade options in the middle of the season. And now it looks like this is a guy that they definitely want to retain. So um, if they can't get a long-term deal, I assume he's going to get franchise tagged, if anything. Um, Darnell Mooney, pretty weird to say, but coming off of two years ago in a 1,000-yard season, 
And now it seems like he's a wide receiver three at best. Um, Yannick Ngakwe who's bounced around a bunch. Justin Jones, interior defensive line. Dante Foreman, who they brought in this year's running back. And then their center, Lucas Patrick, also a free agent. You guys have anybody else? No. No, you touched on it perfectly. Um, I think in that group, too, really the priority, I think we already kind of agree, it's just Jalen Johnson. I don't think you could let him walk out of that building uh, this offseason. I know it's kind of tricky considering what you said, Sauce. They were letting him explore trades, and he's been a little unhappy and whatnot. But uh, $18 million for is the projected uh, tag number. I think we have to assume that that's going to be placed on him and then go from there when talking about the rest of this offseason. Right. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they if they sprinkled a uh, like a like a one point five million dollar, two million dollar deal to Dante Foreman. But other than that, no, none of these guys are going to be retained, in my opinion. I agree. Um, let's take a look at some potential cuts, some potential restructures. Um, I have a few guys listed. Cody Whitehair was the first guy I had. He's 30, going to be 32 this year. Oh, 13 million. You can save nine million. Pre June one, if you cut him, he's just been so up and down. I mean, he I think he's the longest tenured um, offensive lineman on the team, possibly longest tenured player on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so while he's a stable veteran, I think he's gone. You guys good with that? Um, I don't know, man. I I feel like he he has played relatively solid, and I mean, it's just a tough tough way to look at it because that number is pretty bloated, and I think they have some dead cap next year as well. So I think it's pretty safe to say that it's at least going to get restructured, whether he's a flat out cut or not. I think it leaves it's like up in the air personally. Fair enough. Um, the other guy we had just mentioned previously, Eddie Jackson, going to be 31 this year. He's owed $18 million. You could save 12 and a half pre June one. This is a guy that I'm really interested to see. He's played well for them. Um, but with a team like this, can you really pay your safety $18 million? I don't know. This is a guy that I might be looking to move off of too. Yeah, he's the same situation. He's uh, got This is his last year under contract. I think there's some money kicked down the road for like a void year or some dead cap in that next year. So it's interesting because he has – he's him in particular, he's missed some time too the last few years. Um, it's just And it's just like one safety spot. He's the free safety spot. He kind of plays slot too. So that's a tricky one. I don't know because I feel like he's a communicator on the back end of that defense too where I think we'll see how much they value him at, in, in terms of leadership. Um, but that's another one I think I could see almost like an extension to try to lower that cap number a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe give him another year, uh, spread it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I have two more guys um, restructuring, possibly Tremaine Edmonds. If you can, that deal is pretty crazy for a middle linebacker. He's owed $22 million this year. He's got a couple more years of, of pretty big money, too. Well, those I feel like the good thing with like um like big free agent signings like the year prior, I feel like a lot of GMs kind of structure it where they know that they're going to be able to create more like money moving forward throughout the deal. Because I think he had like a five year deal, if I'm not mistaken, right? He has there's a lot of time on that deal, so there's yeah. he's, there's definitely ways for them to convert salary into signing bonuses and spread it throughout the length of the contract. But again, they have so much money where it's like it's almost like not even necessary to do at this at this moment. I feel like. You may, right. It may be something you want to save for a year and then do it like next year when like they have a legit shot at like going for it all. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the last guy I had was Demarcus Walker. He's a an edge player. He's going to be 30 this year. Owed $8 million. You can save almost $5 million on the cap um, pre-June 1. This team doesn't have a lot of depth 
at edge. So this might be a guy you just hold on to, um, or you could possibly restructure and get a couple extra million to sign um, some depth pieces. But he's another guy that I was also uh, looking at. Yeah, I've considered him, but he's another one who kind of plays inside out. So I feel like he may be a body they want to keep. Uh, Someone else on that defensive line, Andrew Billings. That's three and a half right there. He's got no, there's no dead cap associated with that either. So I think he's someone defensive tackle that can go. And then one more guy. Uh, it's a little amount, but Travis Homer, the running back. I think you can clear one point nine by cutting him. So Travis Homer's a good player. Yeah, they're Homer. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, let's uh let's look at some free agent targets that they can bring in. Dino, you want to start us up here? Who you got on your list? Yeah, sure. I I feel like I, I feel like especially in I'm trying to think of how the draft will possibly pan out. I, f- I feel like even if they don't go with Fields, I feel like it has to be a trade out. I, I love, I mean, it almost feels like Marvin Harrison is just that good of a prospect, that good of a generational talent. That well, Dean, just... let me stop you here. Let me, let's think about this. Free yeah. agency comes before the draft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you got to make, yeah, no, I've got to make some there. plans. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting there. So, so I'm, I was, I'm thinking that, if they plan on trading out, it will probably be outside of the purview, potentially, of getting a Marvin Harrison. So if that's the case, I feel like the first thing you tackle uh, is, besides before getting into the interior of the O-line and D-line, is going to be uh, that wide receiver two that Ray talked about, get that third nice option. And, and I feel like a good one that could potentially work out really well um, for the makeup of this team could be a, like a Gabe Davis. I definitely don't think he'll be retained by the Bills. I feel like it's just been bittersweet uh, the past few years. He, he's shown that he can be a solid uh, second or third option for them, but it's just kind of fallen off, especially in this new in this new offensive scheme that they're running. He's basically been throwing up goose eggs. I feel like it'll be end up bittersweet unless they win like a Super Bowl or some shit. So uh, getting a Gabe Davis would be kind of fun. I feel like that that is a, a different kind of guy than than you have in, in this wide receiver room between DJ Moore and, you know, other pass catchers like uh, Cole Komet. Yeah, I mean, he's, de- he's definitely, yeah, I was going to say, if they can't go get one of the top of the market guys, I think he's definitely someone, a name that came across my mind, but He's not someone that I, I personally want to overpay for, and I feel like in this market, like after the top guys go, or like the you top get, guys him, get I feel like you get him pretty solid. I think he's going to be someone who gets like a Lazard like deal. Yeah, and it, it's just like uh, I'd rather I think I'd rather sign like a Noah Brown than someone like him for Lazard money. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I had more of I, the. I was trying to think of a very easy to attain young guy. I mean, he's only twenty four still. Is he really only 24? It's pretty crazy. I think he turns um, 25 soon, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had more of the the veteran third option sort of slot type of players. I had the Curtis Samuels that we like to mention, the Tyler Boyds. I think those are good players for them to go get. Because, Dean, I know, I know you said that if they do trade out, they might be out of a window where they could draft Marvin Harrison. My thought process is if they do trade out, they are not trading out of, of a position where they can draft Marvin Harrison. I think if they mm-hmm. do trade out, it's only going to be one or two picks because they do not want to miss out on this type of player. I think there's just um, – I, I too, agree. Too I, much, I, there's just too much unknown with moving so far back in the draft yeah. in a rebuild like this where like 
if you know that you're going to trade out and you want to build around Justin Fields, like you have to do right by him the best you can, which is going to get a Marvin Harrison. So I don't think they'll move out too far. So that's why I think these uh, these wide receivers are more going to be the stable veteran wide receiver three types um, positions that I'm looking to pay up on. We mentioned the interior of this defensive line. I think this is the area they can really attack, even though they drafted Dexter and Zach Pickens last year. This does not preclude you from paying a big guy. If Chris Jones ever got away from Kansas City, this is a guy that I'm paying a big time for. Um, Christian Wilkins also in Miami. I think they want to retain him. Chris Jones might be actually easier to get. You might have to pay more money, but he might be easier to get. And then some other guys who maybe are a little lower. DJ Reader has been a really good player. And uh, and Sheldon Rankins, who's honestly had a a big revitalized season um, with Houston. He's a good player, too, if you could not pay up for the big one. Um, and then I'm also looking at a couple edges, maybe on some one-year deals. I like a Leonard Floyd on a one-year deal next to uh, Tomata Sweat. And uh, Jadavion Clowney is having a really good year on a one-year deal. I think that's a good way to spend your cap. Yeah, so I, I'm me personally, I like you, I think you're going to invest most of your money in this defensive line, especially with the free agent class that's coming out. I think Chris Jones was number one on my list just with that connection with Ryan Pohl being from Kansas City. Maybe he can just pay up and get him into the building. I think that'd be massive. <clears throat> but also, even the top of this edge rusher market, I think Daniil Hunter makes a ton of sense for this team uh, to pair with a sweat. And I also think someone like Bryce Huff, if, he, if he, he's an ascending player, young I think he's someone that you can just give a big give a bag to and just have two really, really nice edge players to help build this defensive front. And then um some other names. I, I think cornerback, if Jalen Johnson does get let go, or even not, I think someone like Kenny Moore makes a lot of sense. Uh he could play the slot for them, uh, come in nicely and just a veteran on the back end. And then a wild card just because they have so much money. I think someone like I think bringing in like Sa- Saquon makes a lot of sense for this team too, mm. especially if you stick with a Justin Fields or even even not. I think bringing in an elite running back like this really make uh, give this offense a nice little kickstart. I did not think about a Saquon or any of those running backs. Pollard's a free agent too. I thought Pollard, but I feel like Roshan as there. I feel like he kind of fills in with that pass catching. Like I don't. I I think if you're gonna get a running back and you're gonna pay up, I think you're gonna might as well just go top of the market, get a good do it all type of guy. Yeah. Um, some other guys I have defensively, um, I was looking at that safety position. If Eddie Jackson's possibly gone, a guy like Cam Curl from Washington, he's turned into a really good player, um, plays the middle of the field really well. And then another guy who might be a little lower, um, Jordan Fuller from the Rams. He's been a pretty stable guy too. really good single high. Um, obviously they like to bring Brisker down into the box. So he's going to be playing a lot of single high. Um, so those are two guys. And then, to address the interior of this offensive line, some younger guys that that I kind of like, Tyler Biedes from Dallas to play center or guard for them. They definitely need upgrades at both positions. And then Jonah Jackson, who's been playing on a really good offensive line in Detroit, is another guy that I was looking at. Damn, just keep listening, Buckeyes, man. I love it. Um, so, so one on the interior that I thought of, I think going with a veteran route, I feel like if Kevin Zeitler gets away from Baltimore, I think that would make a That's lot a good of sense. The uh, slide right in that right guard spot, solidify. Uh, that side, maybe I think maybe Darnell Wright playing next to a veteran like that too. It's a nasty right side of the offensive line. Agreed. All right. Anybody else? Dino, you good? I think you guys touched on a ton. I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna bring in uh, Zeitler into the equation. I was shocked you brought that up. Shocked. Damn right. Deep cuts. 
deep. All right. Um, let's talk about this mock. So we're going to do two mocks for the people. We're going to have one where they hold on to Justin Fields and we trade out. We don't normally like to do these trade outs, especially this early in the season, because so much can happen. But we will do one where we hold on to Justin Fields and trade out. And then we will also do one where we take the quarterback. Um, so we got two mocks fired up. Which which one do you want to start with? We take the quarterback or we hold on to Justin Fields? We'll start with Justin Fields, the one where we right. hold on to him. Well, let's hold on to Justin Fields in this mock. Just let me share my screen. Right, you got to. I know, yeah, I know. Thanks, brother. Um, so this is going to be really interesting where we hold on to Justin Fields here. So, like I said before, um, I don't think they want to move down so far where we can't draft Marvin Harrison. But let's let's talk about this. Are you guys of that same mindset, or are we looking at possibly the Giants or the Cardinals? Uh, not the Cardinals. Uh, the Giants are like the Falcons at eight trading up for this number one spot. I'm not dropping past three personally. I'm letting New England be on the phone. And I even consider just trading down one spot to um, Washington so they can feel good getting their guy. And that's it. I'm not going any much farther. I think the Giants you just dropped too far out where you could get left holding the bag. Also, I don't think the Giants are going to be willing to come up to number one. I don't think they'd be willing to pay that price. Pussies. Um all right, so who do you want to trade with here? You want to trade with Washington or you want to trade with New England? Let's go New England. All right, let's go to New England for the third overall pick. Um, so we're obviously swapping one. So we talked about this. The, the trade package that you would get from moving back two spots, and we kind of have differencing of opinions. Um, I think Ray... You're talking about them getting a one next year as well for moving back two spots. Um, I think it's really interesting because I do think that while you are trading up for the quarterback, you're still possibly getting the generational talent of Marvin Harrison. When the Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky in 2017, they moved up one spot. They traded, they swapped picks, and then they gave up a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and then next year's third-round pick. Um so I think a package could be similar to that, but I'm willing to obviously upgrade it because you are moving up two spots and you're moving up to the number one pick. Yeah, I, I mean, based on the trade tr- uh, the trade chart, if the difference is 800 points, um, where a second round p- and New England second round pick counts as 560. I personally think that you have to pay at least um, a 10 to 20% premium to go get up there. So the way I'm thinking about it is you give up, New England would give up their third pick, uh, maybe their third round pick, which which accounts for 250 points on that trade uh, tracker, and then a first round pick next year. I think that I think you're not getting up there without giving up a first. You get your choice of quarterback in a generational quarterback class. I think mm. giving that extra one is kind of mandatory. And I, to be honest, I do think that you can get more out of this too. I 100 percent agree. I think that's the perfect, the perfect. Uh, okay, I'm I'm good. I'm good with this. Um, so the trade is Chicago is moving from one to three, and the Patriots are giving up pick 68 in the third round and then the 2025 first um, to move up two spots. So we're good with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the force. Why did the trade not go through? He, 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 he press didn't start. Do it, yeah. He didn't press force. Good stuff. 
It's okay. That's why we still love you. Okay. So the trade went through. So now the Patriots are at one. They take Caleb Williams, and then it goes Drake Bay. So we're taking Marvin Harrison here. Yeah, yeah you run the Marvin Harrison card in. Love it. I think we've taken Marvin Harrison in every single mock so far. Yeah, we have every team taken Marvin. <laughs> All right. So we are at nine here with their actual pick. Um, so Who the how the draft seven? went. Um, oh we got some crazy. It went Malik Neighbors at four, Brock Bowers at five, Jaden Daniels at six, Cooper DeJean, whoo, big rise at seven, and then Roma Dunze at eight. So all the tackles are here for us. I, I think they don't really need I think a this pick, they don't really need a tackle. Yeah, I think this pick is I think this pick is Jimmy. Jimmy Newton. Let's let's talk about it. Um I think defensive line is a good spot. I think I have Jerzon Newton ranked higher than Dallas Turner, but I also feel like Dallas Turner might fit in this defense really, really nicely. Let's let's talk. Ray, what do you think? I mean, me personally, I think you got to run an attack pick here. I think Braxton Jones, has show, though he's played nicely uh, when he's played, he has been banged up. Uh, and I think that just the level of talent here, you just, I just don't think you overthink it. I think you either go Olu or Alt. I personally think Alt makes a little bit more sense in this pick. Um, and then just figure out the offensive line later. There's nothing wrong with having too many tackles. Disagree. Ooh, shootout. Um, I, I also I also think that both are gone by nine. I agree. I most likely they're probably gone by nine. So, I think this is way too. I think this is too high for Jerzon Newton. Let's I think take if, all. Let's 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 mix it up a little bit. Let's take all. I'm no down. Idea. I mean, I mean, I have Alt and Olu over Newton. I just don't think they will be there, and I think Newton will, and I think that's a great pick for them. Fair enough. Um, but we took Joe Alt at pick nine. We are on the clock here at pick 68 with one of the picks that we traded New England for. Um, and honestly, first guy on the board is staring at us in the face. I like his inside-outside versatility. For them is Brandon Dorless, interior defensive lineman from Oregon. Um, but we could scroll down the board a little bit more. Any of these guys catching your eye? Rook, obviously there. I would probably take Dorless over Rook. Yeah, I mean, I just love I love Dorless on this team personally. Uh, I think Javon Bullard makes a lot of sense too. He's yeah. Where's our other pick? We're at seventy five too, so I think we might be able to get Bullard after this. I'm down to go doorless and try to get Bullard. Yeah, honestly, I'm also down to go like Zach. I, I think we got to go Zach eventually because what we line what or we, Braden Fisk. Honestly, if we didn't go doorless here, Braden Fisk is a really good player. Unless addressed in the off season, we uh, we out, this team does not have a center right now where we have them. No, they don't. All right, I think we go doorless here. I I'm think down to go. I'm down to go doorless and Zach. All right, let's go Brandon Doros here up, at pick beef 68. Up them and now we're at pick 75. Who went? So we are good. We could take Bullard or we could take Zach Frazier here. I, I, I personally go – I think we go Bullard. I think you could fit here at safety later in this draft, theoretically, or even in free agency bringing a body. I think we already invested in the offensive line with that top 10 pick. Um, I think you go at, go ahead and address that safety spot that we most likely just cut with uh, Eddie Jackson. Yeah, my thing, though, in a mock where we're building around Justin Fields, 
let me build around Justin Fields. That's my only. You don't uh, think Marvin Harrison and Joe Alt is building around him enough? Let me get Zach Frazier in too, and my offensive line is just fucking. I just feel like nice locking and down. I feel like locking down a really good, and we've seen it in the past few drafts. Getting, getting a, ta- getting a good talent at center, early-ish in the draft. I mean, it's still a top hundred pick. They've been panning out, and I, I think just getting a, a, a solid center for fields to lean on i feel like it just makes the whole old line work better inside out i feel like you go zach frazier and you just like just like sauce said if we're gonna go all in let's just go all in hey i'm fine with it fuck it let's take zach frazier i love just building the offensive line for our, yeah for these, our trenches, these trenches are this is a big turnaround for these trenches because now your offensive line looks like all say uh, Braxton Jones, Zach Frazier, Tevin Jenkins, Darnell Wright. That's a really good young offensive line. And dude, and I mean, just a few. And listen, you got to get you got to get better for Fields. I mean, just a year or two ago, those past two years, he was running for his life consistently. It looked like he was the least protected quarterback in the NFL. He obviously got hurt several times for it. I like that. All right, so we'll read through this draft one more time, and then we'll go to our other mock draft. Um, obviously, at pick three, we traded out with the Patriots. We took Marvin Harrison Jr. At nine, we got tackled Joe Alt from Notre Dame. Um, at round three, pick 68, we took interior defensive lineman Brandon Doros from Oregon, and then we took center Zach Frazier from West Virginia. Really good turnaround for this team, honestly, when you're building around Justin Fields. What was that final grade A-? minus? And A. A. I don't know if I've ever seen an A from PFF. Honestly, that that draft was stellar. All right, let's go to the net. Let's go to the other mock, where we're going to be taking a quarterback at number one. Let's get right into it. Is it Caleb or is it Drake May? I think Caleb fits this team better. Um, but obviously, he doesn't want to play here, so maybe we take Drake May. I mean, I, you know, my my vote's personally Drake May, but um, I'm down. I'm down, I'm down for Drake. Fuck it, you want to take Drake May? Caleb doesn't want to play here. Let's do yeah. it. I mean, hey, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe Ray's right. May, I mean, maybe he could get to them. Maybe they. Maybe he just firmly addresses it when they talk in the interview process. And he's Jesus. The tackles went seven again. The tackles got here again. I just don't like that because they're not going to be there. Think I about move, the, I think, move think up about, the sliders. Think too, about the or... team. Think about the teams they're passing. The G Men, if they don't take a quarterback, they're gonna take one of the tackles, you'd assume, right? I think I think I think Titans are definitely taking one of the tackles over over a corner. All right, let's not take one of the tackles here because I don't think Alt or Olu are actually gonna be here. Let's talk about some other guys that that fit this team. I know we talked about Newton. Um, I really like Dallas Turner here. I think this makes a lot of sense for, for them. Really good against the run. I think he fits nicely with Montez Sweat, who's another guy who's kind of a run-stuffing edge but also has juice. Um, I don't know, Ray, what do you think? I mean, I'm taking Jared Verse here and not thinking twice personally. I think he, I think I love him in the Chicago defense. Um, I think the power translates immediately. I think he's just a plug-and-play starter, and he's going to be solid for them. 
What are the wide receivers here looking like? I mean, all three went, so it's kind of too high for anybody. Yeah. All right. You want to take Jared verse? I mean, it's up to you. I mean, I'm down for that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Dino left the screen, so yeah. So let's let's go verse. That's all right. I always I I always bend to you guys. Which really good host. All right, let's take Jared verse here at nine. Um, and then we'll be at pick 75 where I think we kind of need to look at wide receiver, but I'm not sure who's going to be there. Um, some of the notables, Jalen McMillan, Johnny Wilson, Roman Wilson, um, Jay Michael from UCLA, Tory Horton. It's probably a little too early. Am I nuts for liking Johnny Wilson here? <laughs> I know. I think it's a little high for him, but I just feel like that size, uh, just to pair with the DJ more is kind of interesting. Um, he is such an interesting prospect. I don't know. It's also a little early here for wide receiver. We could, I mean, let's just see what other positions we got here. You want to go bullard here? I don't hate I, bullard here. I feel like in this spot, you get the rookie quarterback. You kind of have to go offense. Offense. So I don't, I don't hate, um, what's his name from UConn? Christian, Christian Haynes. Haynes pick. I think he I'm can good play with that. either spot on that interior. I'm good with that. Let's see. Yeah, let's go. I think yeah, I go off. It's the line here. Let's do it. We'll take Christian Haynes here, the guard from UConn, um, to help bolster this offensive line. Obviously, in this scenario, Braxton Jones we're keeping over at left tackle. We'll see how this grade drafts looks. Um, Just doing that exercise makes me want to fucking uh, keep fields even more. We got it. We got an A for that draft as well. Um, but I. I agree. I just feel like the smarter decision here is to stick with Justin Fields. Um, think about how much team your how much better your team is with Marvin Harrison, Joe Alt, Dorless, and Zach Frazier compared to Drake May, Jared Verse, and Christian Haynes. Well, I like all those players. Our team is set up so much at better the, in the other at, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to your, your evaluation is how much better is these rookie quarterbacks on that price than Justin Fields. That's really what your evaluation comes right. down to. Oh, right. You guys did a good job. That's a good draft. I like that one a lot. <laughs> thanks for thanks for playing, Ian. I like Christian, All right, I like that Christian Haynes pick. Any uh anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, I just find I can't wait because obviously their decision is the decision that defines the whole this whole draft. Oh yeah. So I, I'm excited. Like I said, I think I think we should all say where we think it's going to lean, though. What we think is most likely. I think most likely is this scenario: they they take the quarterback there and one. I, I would personally do Fields. I would personally do the opposite. I just think there's a better chance of this. Yeah, I think most likely they're going to go with the quarterback, the rookie quarterback. But I think it'd be I, I'm excited. I'm rooting for them to stick with field just because I think it'd be so exciting. And also one thing that we didn't really account for um, in this situation, what does fields go for in a trade market? Um, yeah, a two. a two. So the Sam Darnold trades, the one that really comes to mind that he, he went for a six in the current draft and then a two and a four in the following year. So I think you get, I think you get at least one day two pick in this draft and then a pick in the following year as well. Probably, I agree. Probably like a probably like a four in the following year. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think you can maybe get two day two picks. Getting getting the, the the fact that you're getting a second rounder in this current year 
opposed to how the Jets were able to attain a two in the following year. I feel like obviously that attests to being more valuable and especially knowing this draft and 100%. these guys that are in top 100. So I think you get a two this year and at best a four next year, probably like a five or six. That would be personally what I think the package would be. I'm going to be the contrarian of you two, and I think they stick with, with fields. Right. I think they like what they're building. That'd be cool. I- I think it's. I think it's just. I just don't think it's the likely situation. I, I feel like. If, I feel like sticking with Fields takes cojones, and I'd respect yeah, the takes, shit out of it. It just. It it would take massive, massive huevos because you know, I mean, I, you know, one or both of these guys are just gonna. They're gonna be great. They're gonna be awesome at football, like they've continued to be. Right. No All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our Fix the Franchise Rebuilding the Chicago Bears episode. Stay locked in with us. Um, we got a couple more rebuilds to do. We got the Washington Commanders coming up next week. Um, in a few weeks, we also have the LA Chargers and the Jets rebuild. But next week, we will have Mach 3.0 coming out for you guys. So stay locked in for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two and stick with us as we continue towards this 2024 NFL draft. Fellas, appreciate you.